everyone. Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. And as always, we are going to be answering your questions. And uh, another great one, every question we get, it is so good. And it's amazing, after almost three years of doing this, we're still getting really good questions. So I'm looking forward to what Michael has to say today about this topic. Uh, Michael, good to have you with us. Great to be here. Thank you, Tim. Um, We are going to dive into a question about blended families, which I'm sure there are many of our listeners who are wrestling with this issue. And uh, before we do that, as always, we want to just take a moment to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors. These are the people who make it possible for us to come to you free of charge week after week. And uh, you can find out more information about both of our sponsors on wonderofparenting.com. There's a link to both. And Michael's been working with the Forge School for several months. And Michael, I know you're really high on what they're doing. So give us some insights into the great work they're doing. Yeah, they're, um, they're a residential treatment for boys 14 to 17 and they use not only the the boy friendly model, which is part of my job, you know, to do that with them, um, but also they have the Embark. They come out of the Embark system, Kalo division, and um, which which really knows residential treatment, and they have an mm. attachment, a wonderful model. Um, uh, Fifty five acres on a river, ropes wow. courses, you know, adventure therapy. So it's called the Forge School for anyone who knows a fourteen to seventeen year old boy who's having trouble. Uh, go go to wonderparenting.com and check out the link to the Forge School. It really sounds amazing. And I know you've been there. I've been there, yeah. And I'm yeah. heading back there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, Greg Jantz and the great folks up there at the Center of Place of Hope in the Seattle area have been a longtime sponsor for us. And uh, I can't say it enough. Greg and his team do such great work with many of the issues that we all struggle with or have loved ones or struggle with, whether it's depression, eating disorders, addictions. And not only do they have a, a, a great clinic to help people with that, but Greg is a prolific author and every year comes out with another fantastic book. And his latest one, I believe, is on anxiety, which is a perfect book for these times. So go to wonderparenting.com. Yep. And um, I, I do highly recommend uh, his books and this one in particular for those of us who have been hit by COVID anxiety, among other things. Um, today, we're, we're talking about blended families. This is a question that came from one of our parents. And um, this was we're, we're taking this question from our Facebook group. So uh, if you have not yet joined, it's on Facebook. You just do a search for Wonder of Parenting and hit the Join button. We'll let you right in. And they have such good conversations on that page. And uh, I, I'm finding increasingly now I'm starting to grab questions from our Facebook page, uh, especially those that really generate some good discussion. This was one of them. And here's how it goes. Hello, I am a few months out from combining households with my boyfriend. I purchased a house that we will move into. I have a four-year-old who will be five in July, and my boyfriend has a son who will be four in April. My boyfriend's son is very territorial over his father. He spends time with his mom and her boyfriend, his grandma and her boyfriend, and at daycare. My son is in 4K and otherwise at home with me and my parents. We've lived with them since he was 15 months. My son's father is not and has never been in the picture. My boyfriend is a great dad, and my son very much enjoys being around him. Long story long, looking for any insight on blending families and how to navigate one's territoriality over their father. Thank you so much. I love and respect this group. So great shout out for the group. Mm. All right, Michael, initial impressions. 
Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think you're right that there are millions, of, if more, not more, people who are doing this. Um, who, who knows, a billion people. Uh, so, so time and patience are key to this. Time and patience, and as the territoriality kind of rears its head, um, you know, one can pull back a little or just manage it uh, in in logical, common sense ways, which is well. You know, if the boy says something really mean, you can't say mean things. So in other words, there's consequences for those actions. But the territoriality itself um, don't have to force the healing of that right away or the ending of that right away because time and patience are on our side. Um, and it, as they get into the routines um, and they do blend the family and they all live together, uh, as they do that, uh, some of this is going to fix itself. And the father is going to prove himself to be able to love, you know, each of these children. And he'll always have a special place in his heart, of course, for his, his own biological child. That's that's primal and natural. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but he clearly sounds like he's going to be a great stepdad. So that'll, you know, give this six months, like just kind of maneuver around it and give it six months and, um, and still keep good behavioral standards but uh, give it six months. From the point of view of this little boy, you know, inside his brain, we can be thinking, well, this is a significant trauma for him to be sort of giving up his dad in a way or sharing his dad. Um, but it's but he's resilient. And, and as dad, you know, blends into the family, um, he is going to let this go. If he doesn't, if it gets really bad, right then maybe we you know need to call a professional in but i kind of think that in this family there are um there are so many influences uh multi-generational influences that they are gradually going to say to this boy okay you know you can't do that you know he's trying his best um and look at the advantages of you having a brother now who's just about your age and you know they're going to kind of gradually uh do this and i i would hope six months from the day they move in together I would hope this is better. So a couple of things swirling around for me around this that I want to chat about with you. I, in, in some ways, and this is probably the wrong word in terms of advantage, but the mom's son doesn't have a father figure competing for his attention, hasn't had a father figure. So for this new dad to come into his life is probably a real gift for him. On the other hand, her boyfriend's son still has mom, has grandparents, has dad, and he has to navigate uh, not only his own mom, but now this stepmom. So I would imagine right. that it's going to be a little different story for him than it will be for her own son. And is it going to be uh, challenging for them to recognize that those are two very different circumstances for those two boys? And, and how do they navigate both of those sons? Because the one son will probably just love hang glom onto this stepdad because he's never had a dad. And the other son's going to be quite jealous of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, what ends up having, having to happen is the relationships get formed. And as these attachments and relationships get formed, so specifically this mom who will be stepmom, right, to the boyfriend's yep. son, this mom, stepmom will uh, form a bond and, it, and it'll take time. And the boy, this four-year-old will test the bond because the boy, we always have to remember that when, when the families have been pulled apart, right, there's some attachment stuff that happens for kids. And um, so they're, they've got some reactive attachment, you know, they're, 
they can become defiant. There are various things they can do because they're working through the attachment stress um, from however the breakup happened, right? On either end, however it happened. Uh, they are now becoming a blended family in which they will have step parents. So that means there was some attachment stress previously. So they're going to work the stuff out with each other. And each of the parents is going to need to prove to each of these kids without without kowtowing or anything, you know, they should hold, you know, should they hold the self, right, be themselves. Um, uh, but they're gonna, they're gonna heal this attachment stress gradually. And so the stepmom is going to be walking a very fine line in which, uh, you know, she and the and her um, husband or, or boyfriend still, um, they're going to talk about, you know, what discipline, what discipline is appropriate? How do these rules work? How much is stepmom able to discipline biological son, right? His biological son, not hers. How much is stepdad going to be allowed to discipline her biological son, not his? And this will all get negotiated um, uh, during this process of this first six months. And then my my hope would be that that they all prove themselves to each other and the attachment stress for both of these boys, uh, for these kids, um, will will dissipate, you know, gradually, and they will bond with each of these step parents. That's the hope. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Going into this, what kind of an expectation should uh, mom in this case or even dad have in terms of um, being, we'll, we'll put it in mom's court for a moment, um, because there's another mom in the picture. There's a bio- biological mom in the picture. Uh, so this is probably a little bigger question, but how does a, how does that second mom, so to speak, navigate her way in, negotiate her way in? It, does she become mom? Does she ever expect to become mom? Or is she always seen as a second mom? Um, h- how do you navigate household rules in their house versus the household rules in the other house um, seems to me such big questions. And because I've never yeah. been a part of a blended family, I don't know how that works. So I'm really fascinated by how these families really blend because you and I were raised on the Brady Bunch and they, they had remarkable success on the Brady Bunch and <laughs> solved everything in 22 minutes. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's probably the way it really is. No, no, this is time and patience. Uh, well, um, the answer to your question is that every single blended family is different, right? They're each like a fingerprint. So we're going to generalize, but we know that um, that the differences matter. And one of the differences is how close is this mom, who is stepmom to his boy, how close is this mom with, um, you know, the boy's biological mom, so boyfriend's ex? 
how close are they? Do they connect with each other? Do they share notes? Do they talk about, or will they talk about, you know, our hope always as therapists is that all these people will talk to each other and that there isn't animosities. And so all the adults will talk to each other, or if they have animosities, set them aside just for, you know, an hour a week to have these conversations about what are the discipline structures in each environment? Um, you know, what's, what's the line for me uh, if, as stepmom, but maybe mom, her line's pushed further out or her, maybe her line is closer in, in terms of what's moral or immoral behavior, what's good or bad behavior. It'd be great if all that is talked about, if, and then they can actually kind of set rules that fit with both homes and, and would that help the child? Absolutely. Sure it would. Um, but at the same time, you know, that often doesn't happen and often we got to blend these families and the kids got to learn, you know, good child development in a blended family in which those conversations didn't happen. So the default for the stepmom, you know, initially her default is going to be the dad of the biological dad of the son, her boyfriend. If something's going on discipline wise, that's needed, she would be smart to default it to him for a while, you know, so that she just doesn't start out the bad person, you know, and because we want her to form that wonderful bond with this boy. Um, but if he crosses lines, you know, part of attachment and bonding is to provide structure and to provide discipline and moral development. So she would have to do that. Um, so th you, those are all the elements, all the, these are blending families and each family has its rules. Um, and if, you know, ultimately when the boy is in her house, um, you know, when the boy is in her house and let's say her boyfriend is not around, maybe he's gone for a week or something working, she is the authority. And she just has to say, this is my house, you know, and the boy will say, well, my mom doesn't that, do it that way. And I think every stepmom has heard this. My mom doesn't do it that way. And then she will have to say, but this is my house. And right now you're living in my house. And, um, uh, and, and she, she, she will end up doing that. My hope would be that they all talk and they all set similar rules um, and that she would have time to really bond with this guy before she becomes you know, the mean stepmom, let's say. Mm. I, reading between the lines here, it sounds like uh, it very well could be that the, the boyfriend's son uh, will be living part-time with them and part-time with his biological mom and her boyfriend. Yeah, right. Where her son will be living with them full-time. Uh, I could imagine that the territorial son is going to uh, maybe have some issues he may not even be aware of them, that uh, this other kid is with his dad all the time. He's not with his dad all the time. Um, I would imagine that that's going to take some interesting negotiation because every time that son comes back into the house for how long a period of time it is, it it disrupts the balance that's been going on for a little bit. So how do they yep. navigate that, especially with the other son who's there all the time? Yeah, if they have time depending on their work schedules and how it works, it would be great if they can create some, create a neat ritual that when the boy, um, so the boyfriend, the father's son, when that boy comes into this house, this home, they have a ritual, like, I'm gonna make this up because I don't know what fits for them, but um, that they go for ice cream, you know, so the mom, her son, the dad, his son, they go for ice cream and they create a ritual that, that bridges between the worlds, and it's a pleasant ritual um, that the, this boy will enjoy, and you know, to sort of help him to feel more 
more animated in this home, to feel more comfortable in this home, to feel feel loved and special, you know, because yes, that's the attachment stress. You know, the, the thing is, there is no easy answer to this because there there has been broken attachment. And so the child is always trying to fix that in his psyche and like mm -hmm. territoriality with his dad. Um, you know, some of that's just primal and natural just because it is, but also it's it's around the attachment. And we also, we don't know what his attachment with his biological mom is like. It sounds like it's it's real good with his dad. And we don't know what kind of attachment stress he goes through as he transitions. Um, and let's say they have shared custody. Let's say it's week on, week off. Let's just say that. Um, so for the week that he's with dad, it's not gonna be, be surprising for the first day or two, um, certainly in the first time frame, the first six months, for the first day or two of transition to be difficult, you know, and for stuff to emerge. And then about two or three days in, Okay, he he mellows. You know, things get more comfortable. Uh, as as every week for six months, he comes over to this house and he sees it safe and he sees that he's loved. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's no tip for this. You know what I mean? There's no <laughs> yeah. uh, because we're dealing with attachment stress and we're dealing with these primal relationships. So uh, to bring it down to these two boys then, who are going to be, you know, at these very young ages, five and four, trying to negotiate. Uh, attention from mom and dad um, and of course the the girlfriends uh, the girls or the mom's son will be there all the time um, are there things that they can do to help those two boys transition uh, into if not a sense of being brothers into a sense of being friends and um, I, you could see where very easily the son who is home all the time uh, you know, feels very comfortable, and it's his life that's disrupted when this other kid comes in yep. uh, every other week. And now this kid's taken attention away from him. Uh, so how do you help those two boys navigate that? Well, it's really important for the the mom and to be doing private time stuff with her son, you know, mother-son stuff, alone time, mother-son. That that should keep, keep going because, um, you know, he, that's his primary bond. He's gonna form a bond. He likes this guy, the boyfriend. He's for, has he has formed or will form a bond with the boyfriend, the stepfather. But his primal bond, right, is with his mom, especially in the absence of his own biological father. So she should keep doing that, I think, and keep keep the rituals going. And of course, she's it's wonderful for them. They all have blended uh, or extended family around. So keep all those rituals going that are attachment and bonding rituals with them. Keep all of those going. And then in terms of those two, I, I see an advantage for them here in that in that they're close to the same age, just under a year apart. And gradually, I, I would love to see the message go to the the son who's in, in for, let's say, a week, you know, week on, week off, for him to become the big brother. You know, give him a sacred role with this boy and give this boy a sacred role with the brother. And that's not going to happen in the first few months, but to gradually try to get them to be like brothers your instinct i think is absolutely right and um as they become like brothers of course you know a lot of this the, the attachment stress that the boy is feeling for his dad uh the boy being the biological boy is feeling for his dad i mean a lot of that's going to go away he's going to be bonded now to this new family and he'll have a little brother to take care of and uh, that could be a real good role for him but again it will take time and patience so this, this may be asking you to state, again, what you've already said, but as a therapist, I'm sure you've worked with blended families in mm -hmm. the past. What are some of the 
typical, if that's the right word, mistakes that blended families tend to make, especially in those first six to 12 months together? Um, well, the, I, okay, uh, let's see. The first set of mistakes I would, it's a good question that I would think about is the anger and animus and uh, mm. uh, between the adults. It's really oh. important that the adults are, are um, working very hard not to shame uh, or be angry at the other parent. By that, I mean that the, that this mom, right, who has bought the house, that there isn't, you know, she's not bringing to the boy who's coming into her home a lot of her anger at this other woman, his mom, right? Because then she, he can't bond with her um, because he's got to be protective of his biological mom. So, and, and however that works out for people listening, it's just really important, whatever your constellation, as much as possible to not be, you know, talking bad, talking smack or anything about the other people, just, you know, things like, well, she does it that way. I don't agree with that. Uh, I understand she's your mom, but you're here now. I just don't agree with her. And, you know, sometimes adult, adults don't, don't agree as opposed to she's wrong. She's bad. Or he's wrong. He's bad. Got to really not do that stuff if possible. And then the, the second is in trying to force, don't, we don't have to force, uh, with these kids. Um, we tend, as, a, as adults, we're very busy. We blended a family. We want it to work out as soon as possible. And um, rather than force, I beg people to study each child and just see how each child is doing and um, as it blends and take notes, uh, keep a journal, uh, talk with extended family, which in this case is easy because they're together, and ask them what they're seeing and keep meeting together to, to think about options and to into effect an action plan that will be flexible, you know, because some things will work, some won't, um, and, and try things for a couple weeks and then, okay, that didn't work. Um, you know, what else should we try? Uh, and just know that it's a process. I, I think that's another mistake folks make is we just try to rush this process. And because it's an attachment and bonding process, um, you know, it, it can't be rushed. Right. Yeah, to go back to your first point, I, I'm guessing you would say this as well, that not only is it important for the, the, the parents in the different households to be careful in how they speak of their ex-spouses, it's also important for grandparents and nieces and uncles and all that to, to do the same, that no matter what you think about that ex uh, in front of the kids, uh, you want to put on a, a positive front for the sake of the child. Yeah, or at least neutral, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, okay. it, this is always difficult because what if that other person does really bad things, you know? Yeah, right, right. That, and, and so it's like, oh, and, and, and then if you can see that the child, you know, that the child has come into your home, um, I'm going to be the mom, that my stepson now, right, they're blended, my stepson comes into my home on Sunday night, let's say, and I can see there's something wrong, mm -hmm. right? And bad bad things have happened. Okay, if I'm in that situation, then you know, throw the book out. I gotta protect this child and try to figure out what's going on. And it may be something bad happened with that mom. But but take out abuse, take that stuff out. Right. Yeah, we're trying to stay neutral about the other while keeping our authority because it is our home, and ultimately that's good, you know. While keeping our authority, while deferring to the biological parent you know, for at least six months, let's say, or whatever fits the family on, on significant discipline stuff. And, and while focusing on 
all the bonds focusing on, you know, like stepmom and, and uh, stepson themselves going out to ice cream together, mm. focusing on mm. the bond, because that's that's what we want. Once the bond happens, some of this other stuff will go away. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, I, I would imagine, and again, I, all of this I'm having to imagine, that in this case, we'll just say the mom and her boyfriend, they're in love. They, they're committing themselves. They're moving in together. Mm-hmm. Things are really good for them. And, uh, uh, you know, so, th- so it would be easy as those parents to say, well, we love each other. Everything's really good. And, and um, almost impose um, sort of, we love each other, so we want you to love each other. And, and it just doesn't work that way is what you're saying. Ultimately, I think it will, but yep. not, it may not for a while. Right, the kids need to sort of learn to love each other and the new parents. Yeah, it's like any any relationship where um, you can think in people, you could even think in people have pets like dogs and cats. I mean, you can think in any species when when you throw people together, <laughs> right? Who who were not together, and now they're thrown together in a uh, let's say in a fenced-in environment, which is this new home. Uh, there's going to be, you know, they're going to be messing with each other. They're going to be figuring out territory and figuring out hierarchy and figuring out love and bonds and, you know, and doing all the stuff that a four or five-year-old would do. Like, she loves me, she doesn't love you, you know, mm-hmm. all of this. This is kind of natural. And, 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 but we as adults, we have bonded. You're right. Adults have bonded. But kids are kind of at a more primal level right here. And, and that's why I just keep saying time and patience and keep a journal and keep, talking to each other about what's working, what's not working, bring in a professional. If, if there's, there, there's so much anger that something bad is going on, you know, then bring in a professional to get someone who can actually meet with the family, not on a podcast, but meet with the family mm-hmm. and uh, bring in that professional. But meanwhile, um, uh, write it down, journal it, talk about it, form a plan, put the plan into place, adjust the plan. And, and then six months after the move in six months later, reevaluate and, if there's been absolutely no improvement, you know, the territoriality is still vicious. Let's say, then I, I would I would go consult with someone, get some help. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds you know some of these things just sound like it'd be true for all families. What these families need, of course, is a loving environment and stability, especially um, the the son coming from um a home where mom and dad have separated sounds like grandma and grandpa have separated and are no longer together and so to create some stability and to know that when he comes over to this house he's safe and loved and when he goes to the other house he's safe and loved and and what i hear you saying is that's possible and um and that's what we want to work for Mm -hmm. absolutely yep yeah well, this is really helpful, and I, I hope for you know the mom who wrote this question has been helpful for you. We really appreciate uh, the the great questions people are asking on our Facebook page, and we're going to tackle another one next week. Uh, actually, two of them because they have a similar theme. So we really appreciate that. If you're not signed up to our Facebook page, just go to Facebook and then search for Wonder of Parenting. And I think you just hit a thing that says Join Group, and then we let you in right away. And there's some great conversations great responses from other parents and uh, it's a it's a really wonderful group and it's a closed group so you you know that it's only people who listen to the podcast 
And uh, so I, I encourage you to check that out. Also check out wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. That's a place where you can send us questions. Those go, go to directly to Michael, and then he sends them off to me, and we put them in the queue and get to them as soon as we can. Uh, Michael, thank you so much. It's oh, been enlightening as always. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week on the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.